Hello, and welcome to the Shipwreck Archive. Thank you. Would you happen to have the royal death of the white ship? Here we are. Enjoy! The screams in the water could be heard by the royal convoy of ships, but in the dark night of November 25th, 1120, no one could see what was happening. The people of Barfleur also heard the shouts, but they had been hearing the sounds of revelry from the white ship for most of the evening and assumed it was more of the same. The sounds were certainly incongruous to the events of the day. Everything had been going well for the royal family, with Henry I cementing his power and building a dynasty that looked as though it was going to last. He had returned to France with his heir and only legitimate son, William the Aetheling, to have the King of France acknowledge him as the Duke of Normandy. After a four-year war with France, this only cemented Henry's power, as well as the power of his future heir. This was without including the ties that had been built by William having recently married Matilde de Anjou, whose family's power was not to be dismissed even by Henry I, son of William the Conqueror. William the Aetheling was shaping up to be a reliable heir, and not just because he had married well. Though he was considered spoiled and pampered by some, he was also showing himself capable at land management and affairs of state when his father was away. Everything seemed on a path to a stable and prosperous future for the descendants of William the Conqueror. Now, the King of England, as well as his royal entourage of nobles and people of power, was ready to return from France to England. Henry I had procured himself a ship on which to travel across the Channel back to England, but that did not stop the offers of others who wanted to show him their support from stepping forward to offer their ships as well. One man had more of a claim to his attention than the others. Thomas Fitzstephen's grandfather had been the one to bring William the Conqueror across the Channel when they had invaded England. Now, Thomas Fitzstephen had a brand new ship that was waiting to take her maiden voyage. And what better way to honor a new ship than by reproducing the prestigious trip of his grandfather in 1066? It was a plea that Henry I was not in a position to ignore completely, but he also had no interest in changing his own travel plans. Instead, he offered an alternative. His heir William, as well as two of his illegitimate children, were traveling with him. Surely, it would be an equal honor to carry them. The Blanche Nef, or the White Ship, was considered to be a very fine ship of her day, and as promised, she had just been finished. Powered by 50 oars, she should have had little trouble in her travels across the Channel, though at times the Channel could prove to be temperamental or dangerous. The night of November 25th was a calm one. It seemed as though everyone could relax and enjoy their voyage. When the king traveled, it was a large production and everyone wanted to be seen in company with him. This included younger members of the court, and many of them chose to board the white ship and travel with the royal children. This seems to have been in part to allow them to party without the watchful eyes of the king on them. It was reported by more than one source that everyone on board of the ship was quickly roaring drunk, well before they left the port. For the more mature, or at least less debauched, members of the entourage, the scene soon became too much. Two monks, on coming to the scene, quickly decided that it was not something they wanted any part of, and they did not get onto the ship. Stephen of Blois, another illegitimate son of Henry I, drank so much that he was forced to leave the ship due to not feeling well. Some monks, who had been sent to bless the ship and anoint it with holy water, 
were said to have not been able to complete their task because the people on board had been so coarse and hostile towards them that they had fled. There was some muttering about this having been what caused what followed. There were almost 300 people on board the ship, including the men at the oars, notwithstanding the people who had left early as she finally departed. The king's ship was ahead of them, and the people on board of the white ship began shouting that they wished to reach England first. For the white ship, built with an emphasis on speed, this seemed like a challenge, and Fitzstephen urged his men to row faster. The white ship darted forward in the water as everyone continued to shout for her to go faster. The water around Barfleur is full of rocks, however, and was known to be back then, too. If all had been sober, and perhaps Fitzstephen less proud of the abilities of his ship, the submerged rock at Kibif would have been avoided. As it was, however, she crashed into the rock at full speed. There was only one survivor to tell the story of what happened next, and it is not known how much of the accounts come from him directly and how many are embellished. Berold, butcher from Rouen, and probably one of the least prestigious people on board, clung to the mast along with a young noble named Joffrey. The butcher was better able to hold on, though, and they were forced to remain there through the night until some fishermen the next day saw the wreckage and came to the rescue. At some point during the night, Joffrey let go and joined the others in the sea, leaving only Berald to tell the tale of what had happened. Some accounts say that William was placed in a small lifeboat as the most important life on the ship, and the guards did their best to keep him alive. Seeing his half-sister in the water, and hearing her calls, he ordered the small boat turned around. As people saw the boat come close to them, the panicked and drowning people rushed to it, and the small boat was sunk under their collective weight, causing William to drown as well. Very few people knew how to swim at the time, and taking into account the heavy clothing that they were probably all wearing, none of them really stood a chance. An account also told that Fitzstephen initially survived the wreck and came to the surface looking around for William the Aetheling. On being told that the prince had drowned, and having no wish to face King Henry I with the news of the death of three of his children, including his heir, it is said that Fitzstephen allowed himself to sink beneath the waves. While no one knows the truth of it, the court also did not relish the idea of having to break the news to Henry, and they finally sent a young boy to tell the king in hopes he would receive the news better. If that was their hope, however, it was misplaced. Henry was devastated by the news, and is said to have never smiled again. The shipwreck also had a decided impact on the future course of England. In a single evening, the royal family had gone from having a strong, legitimate heir that would establish their future to having only a princess, Matilda, as the remaining legitimate child to the king. Henry named her his successor, but she did not enjoy the position long. Soon after Henry's death, Stephen of Blois, who had been lucky enough to get off of the white ship while it had still been in Barfleur, threw the nation into civil war. In the end, a treaty was signed where Stephen was allowed to rule as Stephen I, but only if Matilda's son, Henry, was crowned his successor. There has been a strong push to find the remains of the ship that changed the course of the royal family and has led to so many what-ifs, 
not to mention so much speculation about potential foul play. This wreck has the potential of being deep significance both archaeologically and historically. In the recent past, there has been some speculation that she has been found, but there will still need to be more investigation to determine if the elusive white ship, once one of the finest ships in the English Channel, has finally decided to return to the public eye. If you would like to learn more, please see the Reading Museum blog post from November 25th, 2020, titled Death and Anarchy, the White Ship Disaster, as well as our other sources below. Thank you for listening. Thank you for visiting the Shipwreck Archives. See you soon.